25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the way. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What is up with y'all? Hey. Hey. <laughs> How y'all are? I'm Matt. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. It, Farm it Bureau. Rolls through, it rolls through several. Say what, Roger? Yeah. Say what? Who you talking to, Roger? Myself. <laughs> Hey, seriously, tell the truth. That's one of those deals where your mic was on, you didn't mean for it to be? The the, the tricky part about your show is we have a feed, and anything that I put in cue comes down to you, and it's actually on the air, but in any other circumstance, that's not... It's not so, the case. As usual, right when the show starts, somebody has a question for me. <laughs> says, She's the assistant to the general manager. I needed to answer her, but... Uh, I wish I could see the look on your face when I said, Who are you talking to, Roger? <laughs> You know, Man, I, do it, I do immediately. My radar was, <laughs> I was already kind of getting a warm beep on the uh-huh. like, something. I something ain't right here. Something ain't right. You know what? Um, if you're listening to this show right now, Roger is sitting there uh, in this great big chair. That's a new <laughs> chair. It is plush. It the rollers work. It has about four or five different levers, 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 whatever you want to call it. You know, that's you nice. can. Lean back to the side, spin or not, you know, uh, it can raise him up and down. It's a great chair. <laughs> and ever uh, I know where you're going with this. And it, well, what I th- what I suspect is that ever since you got this new chair, it's kind of like a throne. It looks a little bit like a throne. <laughs> and because of that, there's just this aura and people want to come in there and ask you questions during the radio show. It's something about, they look through that window, they see Roger sitting in a high chair. They got the good hydraulics. And they just, they want to come in and, I don't know, they just think you have the answers to everything. I upgraded the host chair, by the way. Oh, did you? So, yeah, I got the boss's semi-lightly used chair, and it's very nice. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So now when you come back, you you don't have to have chair envy. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and I'm trying to think. See, I'm planning on getting down to uh, Trustmark Park in Pearl next Tuesday for the uh, Governor's Cup. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, too, I'm going to visit some family this weekend in Vicksburg, and my daughter's out of school for Monday. They're out of school Friday and Monday for uh, good, you know, for Easter, basically. And, you know, they get off Good Friday, but the email said Good Monday, too. Roger. Are people around the radio station? I know everybody's taken off for Good Friday, right? Yeah. What about Monday? Uh, no. Okay. So, I I, I got to check on Good Friday. That may be a floating holiday. Mm-hmm. 
in case you need to take off Ramadan or something. We're a very uh, modern company. Very modern. Well, here's what I'm driving at is that I think I think I'll be there with you on Monday to sit in the new chair. Ah, okay. I'll Tuesday is up for grabs. Not sure about that one. All right. You can try it out, man. I will definitely, definitely try it out. Have you? Did you try to get on out at the field out there yet? Not yet. We'll figure it out. Cool. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> You're Matt Wyatt. Well, no, that didn't work. Oh, it doesn't? No, believe me. It does not work. Um, I, you, I appreciate the reminder. I'll have to get on the phone with him this afternoon and try to figure that out. Hey, there is a number I put over there on the call screen. Uh, we're going to try to catch up with Parrish Alford here. Speaking of the Governor's Cup, he covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Ole Miss baseball hits the road, goes to Auburn, and we'll chat with him. They got a midweek win over Memphis last night. We're going to talk with Paris just a little bit, kick it around, so on and so forth. Then later in the show, Brett Hudson will be by. He is with Matt Wyatt Media. Sounds like third person, doesn't it? Well, it's not. And uh, Brett does a great job with the written content at mattwyattmedia.com. He's got some new stuff coming out this week you're really going to enjoy. But we're going to recap spring football with Brett. <clears throat> That's coming up just a little bit later today on the show. And then, if everything goes according to plan, at the end of today's show, we're going to chat with John Cohen, Athletic Director of Mississippi State, because there's several things to talk to him about. One is this vote that's going on, or supposed vote, that's about to get voted down out here in major college athletics that you got a bunch of the teams and leagues wanting to officially add a third assistant baseball coach. Um, but you have a lot of teams and leagues voting against it. And I want to talk about that with John and kind of get the details. But also I want to tell you about a new podcast that John Cohen launched. Uh, so Athletics Director Mississippi State has his own podcast. They just launched it. I got the email today. You can go ahead and subscribe, and a lot of the episodes are there. It's just called the John Cohen Podcast. And what it is is the AD for the school interviewing uh, successful former athletes, alumni, business owners, CEOs, and that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be really interesting. In the first episode, I think that is out there, he interviewed Fletcher Cox of the Philadelphia Eagles and Darius Slay of the Detroit Lions. I really think it's a neat, neat concept, so we'll talk with John about that. That's all coming up later. Here on the show, that stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. The number one network in Mississippi is C Spire. They are customer-inspired. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them coming up as well. First, though, over on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, Parrish Alford, who covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Hey, Parrish. Hey, um, with midweek baseball, whether the Rebels win or lose, Priority number one is that it just lasts nine innings, right? Like, you're glad you don't cover Georgia after a 20-inning midweek game last night over in Athens, huh? Yeah, you know what? I'll take uh, nine innings uh, over that any day. Uh, nine innings is usually better for the Rebels, man. Uh, they don't do the seven-inning thing too well. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, uh, they uh, got it done against Memphis last night, manufactured some runs. Well, and, and, you know, did and, and got the midweek win, and that's really what it's all about, especially the home ones. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, the the seven-inning games. Um, I asked – I got to the ballpark last night. I asked Bart Gregor. I said, Bart, how did Ole Miss 
lose a couple of games to Kentucky. And he said, man, there's nothing more screwy in baseball than seven inning games. <laughs> so it was just, it, it just seemed like it had a weird feel that entire day going back to last Saturday. Well, it did, Matt. You know, the dynamics changed with the seven-inning games. You know, in, against any type of pitcher, right-handed or left-handed, you know, success usually starts to come, usually, mm-hmm. you know, the second time through the order, something like that. Well, you know, if it's a left-hander, a, a lot of teams, uh, it's different. It's a different approach. They don't always uh, hit the left-handers as well. A lot of times you see these guys, uh, they don't throw as hard, so that can throw off the timing of a hitter, there are different things about facing a left-handed pitcher. So, uh, you know, you throw that into the mix, and, and all of a sudden, if you don't get to this guy early, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you let him settle in and get stronger and get to the middle innings, well, the middle innings in a seven-inning game, man, you know, the end is right around the corner. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what happened to Ole Miss. Uh, against Kentucky, the way those games played out, when they finally got those two Kentucky starters out of the game, Hazelwood and Thompson, Thompson uh, being the one who is a projected first-round draft pick, you know, when they finally got him out of the game, it was too late. Yeah. You know, they actually had some chances against Zach Thompson in that second game, in the fifth and sixth inning. But uh, he stranded runners in scoring position in both of those innings. You know, got some big outs, got some big strikeouts. But uh, they had more chances uh, against him than they did Hazelwood, uh, the starter in that first Sunday game, who really just uh, kept them off balance. And You know, look, all of a sudden you look up and Kentucky, that had won only two SEC games, hadn't been blown out in every SEC game. Yeah, You know, you got a guy like Zach Thompson, you're – you're going to compete, but uh, the fact of the matter is uh, they went into that game with only two SEC wins, went into that day, and left with four. Yeah. Paris, is there an element of playing up and down to your competition according to your competition with this Ole Miss team? I think there's some of that, Matt, but, um, you know, when you play up and down, that usually speaks to depth, hmm. <clears throat> particularly pitching depth and uh, – yeah. You know, they got a pretty good start from uh, from Zach Phillips last night. Uh, he, he went, uh, gosh, five innings, I believe. It was his second longest start of the year. Uh, you know, did pretty well, uh, located. Now, he only gave up three hits. Now, they were hard hits, uh, but after each one, he responded, got a couple of key outs, uh, gave up an RBI triple in the fifth, and gave up a solo home run later on, but uh, came back with big outs uh, after that. Um, you know, part of the depth they're they're seeing right now is uh, they, they're just injured. With uh, Ryan Olenek being out, that's a, a big uh, subtraction from the lineup. Sure. Uh, they put the, the freshman Josh Hall in there, and, you know, he played well defensively, but the, they only had three hits last night. They only had one hit leave the infield. That was Cole Zabowski's double in the fourth. The other two hits were bunt singles. Uh, so it was it was not a great uh, offensive night uh, for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Parrish Alford on your radio covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Does an excellent job, and you ought to follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Parrish Alford. Just spell out his name. Um, yeah, you know it's it, it's 
I just get the feeling with this team that even you get Olenek back, it's not a team where they are going to get in the postseason and make a postseason run winning, you know, three to one ball games or four to two games. It's strictly going to be a matter of this team kind of hitting their offensive peak at the right time at the end of the year because if they do, they can put up 10 runs on anybody. Am I, am I kind of in the – you agree with that? Well, I think so. That's the makeup of this team. This is an offensive team. Yeah. We heard Mike Bianco early on describe his offense as, as dynamic and run-producing, and, and certainly it was last year, and they returned so many players from that team. They did not hit the ball well early in the season, but they hit a groove, and, and you see what this team can do you know, when it's comfortable at the plate, seeing the ball and you know, the contagious hitting gets going. Uh, you know, they can put up a lot of runs. They put up 40 in three games against Florida. But, uh, look, if you're going to be, you know, a an elite team, you know, it's better if pitching is your calling card and not hitting. Okay? That's just, you know, that's, that's how I see it. I, I think that that great pitching, that elite pitching, is going to be there more often than hitting. I think hitting is... <clears throat> is the aspect of the game where, you know, look, when while hitting can be contagious, so can not hitting. And, right. uh, you know, and, and like I said, uh, you know, you, you throw a left-hander into the mix and some teams hit them, hit them well, some teams don't. Ole Miss went into that uh, Kentucky series hitting 250, excuse me, 242 against left-handers. Mm. Uh, you know, so they're down in the 230s now. Memphis threw another one at them last night that it, didn't hit uh, uh, Danny Dens very well. Uh, so, uh, you know, that I think Ole Miss can be that team that gets hot offensively and, you know, starts hitting and scoring and playing with confidence and energy. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just not the same as having, uh, you know, three great weekend starters, and, uh, and that's not the makeup of this team right now. Sure. Parrish, uh, I filled out – my online credential request for the SEC baseball tournament yesterday. Looking forward to being over there. I think I'm going to do the this radio show over there uh, from the ballpark in Hoover next month, uh, Tuesday through Friday. And I'm just curious for, for you. It, I know it's work. It's all work, ultimately. It's not fun trips. It's work trips when you cover postseason stuff and conference tournaments. But of all the events out there, you got bowl games in football. You have the SEC tournament postseason in basketball, and then you have the SEC tournament in baseball postseason. Where does where does that SEC baseball tournament rank for you in terms of the things that you cover that you enjoy? Well, I enjoy it a lot, but I enjoy it for different reasons. You know, when you get over to the SEC baseball tournament, it's, uh, you know, most years it's not like the SEC basketball tournament where you might have a number of teams wasn't really quite that way this year. You had some teams in the SEC basketball tournament uh, like Ole Miss that were pretty confident that they were already in. But so many times in that basketball tournament, those teams, those games matter. They're trying to impress the committee. They're trying to get in and you know, make sure that uh, they're on the good side of the bubble when the day comes. Uh, the baseball tournament's not like that. Mm. Usually... You know, you have a really good idea. Uh, the, the league is so good. The RPI is so good among the teams. You know, most of these teams uh, with winning conference records, 
you know, know they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, if uh, if you're not going to be, usually it's obvious. Right. Uh, I enjoy the baseball tournament because, look, Matt, I start with these teams at the beginning of August. And, you know, you start going through football camp and, and uh, <laughs> practice, and then the game starts, and, you know, you roll into basketball. And, and uh, by the time uh, baseball uh, rolls around and, and, and then the tournament comes, yeah. usually – the weather's warming up a little bit, and everybody's a little relaxed, and that's okay. It, mm. It's okay to be relaxed. And, uh, you know, the, the baseball uh, tournament uh, with, you know, you get over there at one of those morning games, and uh, everybody spreads out. It's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, as crowded. And, sure. You know, so those are things that probably don't appeal to most fans, but, you uh, from the trying to work the game, you know, an early start, uh, you know, a, a nice warm day, and and uh, you know everybody's out there, and you know you're wearing a, your khaki shorts, and look, you know that's appealing. <laughs> yeah, I know as fans, I really enjoy. My dad, he goes every year, and he enjoys it because he sees a lot of the same people from the different fan bases. They've kind of gotten to know each other over the last five, six years, you know, so they see each other there, right. And and they really enjoy that. What about the um, – and, you know, right after the SEC tournament, you have the SEC spring meetings down in Destin. Have you ever gone down there for that? You know, I've gone to a few of those. Uh, you know, as as we have uh, prioritized some travel mm-hmm. uh, through the years, that's not not something that, uh, that we've done every year. Yeah. We tend to look at those spring meetings as, you know, what – what is the big topic? You know, yeah. is there a is there a big topic that's relative not only to the to the conference but to uh, uh, to to the Mississippi schools? Mm. Like uh, there was, you know, one year I went down there specifically because um, the the cowbell had become a big topic that oh, yeah. year. Yeah, for, for state. Okay, you know, they were going to vote on uh, what to do with the cowbell, and you know, and I. And Scott Strickland came with the uh, the ring responsibly compromised, and you know got that passed, and you know that was uh, that was big for Mississippi. Yeah, you know for both schools. Uh, you know I'm, I know a lot of Ole Miss fans were, you know, hoping that the cowbell would go away, but mm. uh, but you know a compromise was reached, and and uh, that was uh, that was big news for our area. Yeah, it was. You know, I remember a couple of years ago you had Ole Miss kind of embroiled in the whole NCAA thing, and everybody down there kind of cornered Hugh Freeze, and and of course that was the spot down there in mm-hmm. Destin where uh, they kind of cornered. First public comments. That's yeah. right, first public comments, and they kind of organized it and everything. I went one time to it, and it was so much different than SEC media days because the access to the coaches was really intimate, like they. It's yeah. a, a small room with just a few people in it. They relaxed. You know, they come walking in there in their flip-flops. They came in straight from the pool. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a totally different thing than media days. I was thinking about going again, but you bring an interesting topic. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what the big hot ticket item would be this year at this point. Right. So, right. You yeah. know, and look, uh, look, it, it's, you know, travel is expensive, and, and everybody's making different decisions these days. And you just got to, you know, yeah. Go where you can get the most bang for your buck. Uh, we'll be at the draft uh, this coming week. Oh, uh, cool. John Luke McCord, yeah, our uh, 
our social media editor, our online editor, will go with me, and and uh, we're going to really you know have a solid uh, online presence that night in the draft, and uh, and you know we'll we'll have a lot of great coverage. Oh, that's great! Well, I'm glad to hear. So, you and John Luke from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal headed to the NFL draft in Nashville, where. Heck, Parrish, you could have, according to some of the mock drafts I've seen, you could have as many as four or five combined state and Ole Miss players in the first round if it falls right. Yeah, yeah, you you really could. Uh, you know, you know, some of these, uh, a couple of these Ole Miss guys that were rated so higher uh, earlier have slid a little bit. I mean, it, it's looking like early second round for AJ Brown, but he can sneak into the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Little, uh, you know, was once. Uh, you know, one of the top tackles, maybe the top tackle in the draft in, in, in some uh, evaluations, uh, some media projections. And I, I saw Gil Brandt list his top 150 prospects yesterday. Okay. And he had Little at like uh, the sixth tackle in the draft. Okay. You know, so, so Greg Little has fallen off. But this testing match, so I, and I, I heard I heard A.J. Brown after Pro Day tell us, you know, the film is what matters. Your film is what matters. That's what you're judged on. Well, you know what? This testing matters, too. Yeah, apparently and, so. And uh, if, you if you don't test well, it's going to affect you. No doubt. Apparently so. Hey, Parrish, can't thank you enough for about 20 minutes of your time here. It's been fun chatting with you, as always. Thank you, man. All right, Matt. Have a good day. All right, you too. As Parrish Alford covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and you heard that. He's going to actually go to Nashville and cover the draft. So uh, looking forward to that. Appreciate him coming on. Just getting started. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Bum, 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 bum. Back on the show. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. That's Farm Bureau. This show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Downloading, uploading, posting, going live. I did a little video uh, from the ballpark last night at Duty Noble that I uploaded because when I got there, they were playing country music, like old classic country music over the speakers. You just don't hear that much. So Texas Southern was out there taking their batting practice, and they had Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire, blaring on the speakers in the stadium. It was it was really neat. Yeah, so, you know, take a quick video, upload it real quick. Thanks to C Spire and the number one network constant coverage (laughs) that's what that's all about you can be a part of the show everything's open to you right now opening it up hear that everything's wide open including the divini equipment phone line you want to chat with me i'd love to hear your voice today what is today wednesday love to hear your voice today on a wednesday so uh, give me a shout whatever you want to talk about is fine with me if you have a question or a comment or anything hit me up on the divini phone it's 995-1059 that's a 601 area code, 995-1059. The text line is open as well. 
885-ESPN, that's a 601 area code, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. What does it say over here? Louvier. Louvier has texted the show. It says, public service announcement. Jackson police are patrolling I-55 at Beasley and Northdale Drive area. Saints fans slow down. Cowboys fans go 80. Louvier's trying to give all the Saints fans a heads up, but he wants those Cowboys fans getting a ticket. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Louvier. I thought he was alleging that uh, the police had a, a favorite team. Yeah. I, I, I think you've got the, the, the better point. On you that. think I got it? Yeah. Well, it could be yours, too. Yeah. So feel free to text away, 885-ESPN. You can tweet me as well, at Radio Wyatt. Jason tweets me and says, oh, crap. Hoover equals SEC Media Days are coming. You're going to reply, reprise your Spurrier impression? That says, uh, he says it's appointment listening right there. My, my Spurrier impression is second to none. Well, got to hear it. I'll do it one of these days. <laughs> I, I thought you that. were almost there. I thought you started it. Yeah. I like to do Spurrier impressions of when he used to talk about Jadavion Clowney. Because he'd say, every time he'd, he'd go, Jadavion? And then he'd go, and smack his lips every time. <laughs> Whip, Jadavion likes to drive fast. That's all right. Okay. Um, the mock draft that was mentioned in the uh, Parish Alford interview just a minute ago. Well, I said it's not really a mock draft. It's Gil Brandt, who he does a mock draft for NFL Network and for NFL.com. But yesterday, no, this morning he released his top 150 prospects in order uh, going into the 2019 draft at the end of the month. Now, think of it this way. He's looking at the best 150 players and arranging them in order. It's not necessarily a mock draft because if, if a team is picking fourth in the draft and the fourth best prospect in America may be a quarterback or an offensive lineman, but the team that's picking fourth doesn't need either of those. They need a wide receiver. They'll go get the top wide receiver. Well, the top wide receiver on somebody's prospect list may be 15 or 16, you know? So you got to kind of keep that in mind. It's not, it's a lot different than a mock draft saying this is who's going to which team. But since Parrish referenced Gil Brandt's top 150, I thought I would tell you what's on there. Gil Brandt's just one of several, you know, that are very well-respected, longtime NFL people that do a lot of talking to coaches and GMs and kind of get an idea of what the teams are thinking about of these different players. The one thing you keep hearing is that Nick Bosa from Ohio State is the best prospect. He's coming out as a junior, three-year player. He had a core muscle injury and missed most of last year, but it's just a big-time prospect. His brother's really good out in San Diego. I guess his father played in the NFL, too. They're an NFL family. So they have him. he has him as the number one prospect. Now, when it comes to the draft itself, all eyes are, all eyes, excuse me, are on that first pick for Arizona and whether or not the Cardinals out in Arizona with new head coach, what's his name? Kingsbury are going to draft Kyler Murray, the quarterback, out of Oklahoma. Nobody believes that Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma is the best football player. 
He they just debate whether or not he's the best quarterback and whether or not Arizona's going to stay up there and pick him number one. Because what they're saying is if they don't pick him at number one, the question is how far does he fall? Because there are other teams at two, three, four, five that are not going to pick quarterback, period, in this draft. Anyway, just that's reference. Okay, so top 150, Gil Brand. He's got Nick Bosa as the number one. Quentin Williams, a defensive tackle, Alabama, number two. And Josh Allen, the edge rusher out of Kentucky, is the number three prospect. At number five, he has Montez Sweat. Out of Mississippi State is the fifth best overall prospect coming off the edge. He's got Kyler Murray at number seven overall prospects. Other familiar names on his list of the top 150, Alabama running back Josh Jacobs at number 12. If I'm taking a running back, that's the one I'm taking. He has DK Metcalf as the 16th best prospect. The wide receiver at Ole Miss and if I'm looking at this right, he has Metcalf as the number one wide receiver <clears throat> coming out, the top wide receiver. Uh, to, to kind of put the quarterback thing in perspective, Gil Brandt only has two quarterbacks in his top 20 prospects, Kyler Murray at number seven and then Daniel Jones out of Duke at number 17. Again, other names, Drew Locke, QB out of Missouri right there at uh, – 20, so I guess it's three, not two. Um, I'm going to find you a name. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. He has Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle state, as the 32nd best prospect, one spot ahead of A.J. Brown, the wide receiver, at number 33 on his list. And then he has Jonathan Abram, the safety out of state at number 39. That would, according to Gil Brandt, give him a second-round grade. And then you also heard um, Paris reference that Greg Little, the offensive tackle, who was all-world coming out of high school, he's coming out of Ole Miss, didn't necessarily test very well, didn't have a very good combine. Gil Brandt has him down as the number 66 overall prospect Offensive tackle, and he's got four or five other tackles ahead of him. Also at the NFL Network and NFL.com, another, you know, voice, respected. They don't always get them all right. They never get them all right. Nobody ever gets the draft completely picked correctly, but respected voice talking to teams and coaches and GMs. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. He actually put together a mock draft and put it out there yesterday. Did I even mention this? I know I tweeted about it. I don't know if I mentioned this. But he does have the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray, the QB out of Oklahoma, as the number one pick, going number one to Arizona, ahead of Nick Bosa going number two to San Francisco. He also has, in the first round, Daniel Jeremiah, in the first round, has Montez Sweat, the 17th pick to the Giants, Jeffrey Simmons, the 21st pick to the Seahawks. Jonathan Abram, the 26th pick to the Colts. And Elton Jenkins, the 31st pick to the Rams. So he has four Mississippi State players in his first round of his mock draft. We'll see if it holds true. Rolling along, stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
rolling along on a Wednesday. You can text the show, 885-ESPN. You can call me on the Davini Equipment phone. Davini, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. At Davini, they've been doing it better, longer than anybody else. You can check them out a couple different spots. Davini and Jackson, Davini and Madison. And look them up online at DaviniEquipment.com. DaviniEquipment.com. Hey, Roger, listen, you're going to like this. Okay. I tweeted it. I couldn't help it. I I saw this maybe like on Facebook or something, and I grabbed it, and I tweeted it out there because I had a story that went along with it. Listen to this. Ten words and phrases people say incorrectly. All right. You want to see this? You're listening. It's on my Twitter feed. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Ten words and phrases people say incorrectly. Number one, some people say supposedly with a B. It's supposedly. Supposedly. You ever heard anybody say supposedly? Roger, you let me know if any of these resonate with you. Number two, you'll hear people say, for all intensive purposes... I hate that. And the correct one, it, the correct phrase is for all intents and purposes. Like you intend intent and for all intents and purposes. But people will say for all intensive purposes. <laughs> what was now, the first one? The first one was instead of saying supposedly, some people say supposedly. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Because I got one, I'm going to add if you don't. Okay. Have it on well, we got ten, and I, right. I got so I got eight more to go. Number three, people say irregardless. It is <laughs> regardless. It's regardless, not irregardless. Irregardless isn't a word. I think people hear irrespective and think they can transfer that over to irregardless. Good point. Number four. I'm not sure about irrespective. Number four, that age-old debate. I could care less. I couldn't care less. The correct phrase from the beginning is I couldn't care less. Yeah. Why would you tell somebody you could care less? Yeah. Say, I could care less about this. Yeah, I could care less. Well, it means you care. Therefore, you could yeah. care less. Right? right. People say I could care less. That's wrong. It's I couldn't care less. Unless you're trying to say you care. At which point, why would you use that phrase? Number five. It's not espresso. It's espresso with an S, <laughs> not an X. Some people say espresso. That ain't it. It's espresso. Number six. This is bad. Specifically, some people say pacifically. <laughs> oh, man. Number seven. You go this and that and the other thing, etc. You know, when you write it, it's ETC, period. It's et with a T, and then another word, cetera. Et cetera. I'm sure that's Latin, isn't it? Yes. I'm sure that's the origin of that. I mean, it's a Latin word and phrased and spelled. Used at the end of a list to indicate that further similar items are included. It's et cetera. 
<laughs> it's not, as some people say, etc. And it is. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's a Latin expression used in English to mean and other similar things or and so forth, etc. Means and so forth, not etc. Number eight. I seen it. <laughs> it's most definitely incorrect grammatically. It's I saw it. You saw it. I saw it. We saw it. It's never we seen it. You seen it. I seen it. That's wrong. Don't say it. It's seen is never correct. Seen is correct in a lot of. Oh. But right. it's past tense. It was seen. Or it it had been seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's never, it's always got to have that qualifier. It's never, yeah, you're right. I seen it. No, I saw it. If you say I seen it, you, we, you, we seen it. the com, if you say I seen it and we seen it, the immediate connotation is that you're a hillbilly. Hey, man, what you talking about? We've seen it over at the Walmart. <laughs> and I love Walmart for the record. There, There's a life-size cutout of Nick Saban. It's at Walmart. We've seen it. <laughs> we have seen it. I think, is that correct? Yeah. We've seen it. We, we've seen it. You have seen it. It's got to have a have in there. Okay, okay. So you said it correctly. Hey, and I know I'm getting somebody, now. I'm getting confused. Hey, look, and somebody's totally zapping me on the text line because you know, facetiously trying to be funny. I said that ain't it. <laughs> they got me. That ain't it. Talking about phrases and look what it says. He had 100 plus year old. Um, <laughs> let's see, medicinal. I can't pronounce it. What he's saying here. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Jake in here on this one. So and, after seeing it, what you got? I think okay, you're off track yeah, there. Yeah, all right. Sorry. So I got two more. Number nine, people say of utmost importance. Uh, it's not up, like up and down. It's utmost. That's a word with a T, utmost. It's of utmost importance. <laughs> and then That's the Latin. probably a Latin thing in the, you utmost. Know, in the background of that. Yeah. yeah. But utmost. I could say utmost. Or they were thinking, I mean, I could see where they would go with that, but it's still wrong. You know, it's right. the, the highest importance. I well, again, say. it's just yeah. like, and we're all guilty, I guess, at times in our lives, we'll repeat things without knowing one slight clue why we're saying it. Well, my One of my pet peeves is still not on your list. Number so, 10. Here we go. Number 10. Drum roll. <laughs> number 10. Realtor. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh there we go better late than never it's it's realtor r-e-a-l-t-o-r realtor it's not realtor one of mine is and a lot of people i don't know the answer to this though but people debate is it sophomore or is it sophomore because it's how's it spelled and it got an extra o in there yeah I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's an old thing for communicating called a semaphore. Yeah. And they don't call it a semaphore. Mm-hmm. That's true. The yeah. word sophomore is, and I say sophomore, and a lot of people do, but the word has three O's in there. Soph, S-O-P-H, 
O A, and then more M O R E. S O P H O M O R E. If you pronounce all the O's, it's Sof A More. But then the actual pronunciation that is given, if you look it up online, is two syllables Sof More. Hmm. So the middle O would be silent. You ever hear about it? O being silent? What was the one you had that was not on the list, Roger? Ain't it? Somebody put it in a commercial for uh, a, a great client. wasn't one of ours, but it was our, on our competition station. But it, it, they ran it forever, and it'd say, you can be rest assured. <laughs> oh, I hated that. <laughs> Why? Because it's incorrect grammatically. It's like twice as much stuff as you need in it. You can be rest assured. That's all you got to say. <laughs> rest assured. You can You be- can be assured. <laughs> right, but you because... can't be rest assured, man. <laughs> Let's see. How would you say it? You can be rested. No, no, assured. No, no. no. you just say rest, rest assured. assured. Rest your, assured. Your 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 home will be you know whatever or your car. Or whatever, yeah. But, but we, uh, we yeah, could probably uh, we could probably add to this list fixing to. Oh, man. you know what I mean. We'd have to then we have to get into y'all. We need to mow the grass. Yeah, I'm fixing to. I bet if we if we did a a topic of like okay for anybody who's not from the south, tell us words that annoy you <laughs> that we use that they don't use up there. Uh huh. Right. I bet Annoying the, things. I bet we the phones would melt down. During the reading of this list, Jason uh, tweeted me and said, "It says right in my profile that I'm a hillbilly. I couldn't care less what people think." And he capitalized the NT. <laughs> 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 well. There are a lot of things you could add and uh, grammatical things. I just saw it, and I got a great big kick out of it, so I had to, uh, I had to share that. Overuse of the quote marks. Like we do, people send the air quotes around the wrong words. We oh, have somebody here who yeah. does that. You know, I, I'm afraid I was in there that... doing my job. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the wrong place for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> wrong. Wrong place for it. Well, I mean, look, I've – We've all sinned and fallen mm-hmm. short of the glory of our English teachers. Right. I do believe that. Um, I tell you what uh, gets me a lot of times is whether or not I should say precedence or precedent. And I think I screw it up all the time. Like, because I get halfway well, is he talking into about the, one. You no, know, like something is going to set a precedent. That's right. Precedent. Or they are dealing with, in this case, precedence. And and I think it's precedent. And I sometimes I say precedence when, that heck, that may not even be a word. Where'd I get that? We're all guilty. None of us are smart. You think Dead you're smart? Precedence. <laughs> Dead precedent. <laughs> I've seen that movie. All right, hour two coming up. Stick around. 